Okay. Yes, sir. We live in the 405, baby. Welcome to another installment of the Thundergrads podcast. I'm your host for today, Miles Hartman. And here with me, as always, is the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Michael Martin. Big Mike, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing pretty well. Ready to talk some Thunder basketball, Miles. Always a good day talking with you. Yes, sir. Let's get in, let's get straight to it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the Thunder uh, played last night and they won. They won. They won against they uh, won against the Thunder the Denver, Denver Nuggets. I'm sorry, 99 to 108 at at home. Um, and guys was just balling out. They actually played them again on a back to back in Tulsa. Is mm-hmm. that right? In the BOK Center. So that's gonna be exciting. Um, let's get straight into it. What was your biggest takeaway from the game? I mean, I love seeing the two first-round picks actually show why they were first-round picks. Like Josh Giddy, 14, six rebounds, three assists on six of ten shooting, one of two from three. You know, really good driving, finishing at the basket. He continues to show just, like, how creative he is. Like, did you see that move where he had, like, the backhand pass to JRE on the assist? He had that. You and then reverse he had, layup? Yeah. That was tough. He had that one, and then he had a different one where he faked the behind-the-back dribble or behind-the-back pass into a step-back mid-range shot over the MVP and made it. His bag is deep. He, that's what I'm saying. And he, the thing is, he's still got, like, a lot of room to grow. Um, I would love to see him add, like, some post-up stuff like Luka. Because, I mean, he's 6'9". He could be 6'10", reasonably, growing up there. Um, but if he could do that or even be, like, a playmake, playmaking hub around the, around the free throw line, that would really help this team. But the biggest question coming into this season and in the draft for him was his shooting. And mm-hmm. so far, he's been shooting really, really well in the three preseason games. He's shooting 55% from the field. 50% from three miles. It's only three of six from three, but that's pretty good. He got a burner, bro. Yeah. Like... If he can keep this up, the only real thing that I'm worried about is he's only shooting 57% from the line, but he's only taken seven free throws. He shot 69% from the line in the NBL, so he should reasonably get back to around the 70s, so I'm not too worried. And then the other rookie first-round guy, Trey Mann. Your guy from yes, Florida, sir. 12 Trey points, man. he went 5 of 10 from the field, he only went 1 for 4 from 3, but he looked like really confident out there shooting, like he looked really tentative in the first couple of games, but now he looks like he's kind of found his groove and his place on the roster of being that spark plug off the bench, like a Lou Williams, Seth Curry type, who can run some pick and rolls, who can get some off the dribble stuff for you, but more or less he's going to be in a lot of spot ups. But what about you? My biggest takeaway is definitely it would have to be the ball movement that I saw. You could saw you saw guys out there like Josh Giddy and Trey Mann, like you mentioned. Uh, these young guys getting their reps in and slowly learning how to the, slowly learning how to play off the ball, um, respectively. When they played last season, both those two rookies, um, these were guys on their they were like the main guy on the team. They always had the ball in their hands. So it's just uh, pretty interesting to see how uh, they have to learn how to play off the ball when it comes to um, playing along talented guys in the league. And it was also great to see guys like Dort and Baisley, the number two and number three uh, face in his franchise, step up and despite Shea's, uh, he didn't play the best. I'm gonna be Shea honest. is still coasting. He's, exactly. It's preseason. Shea's chilling yeah. right now. Uh, so, I mean, Shea only dropped nine, three, and four in 27 minutes to play, but it was good to see guys like Baisley and Dort step up. Bays has 16, 8, and 2, and 
and Lou Dort had 14, 3 and 2. So it's just great to see um, those two guys get uh, showcased that, you know, I have, I have talent, I can hang um, and take over games whenever where I want to. So it was just great to see those guys come into their own. Also, um, the veteran leadership of Derek Favors uh, mm-hmm. and putting him in the starting lineup. I think Coach Dano was sort of like being indecisive whether if I should start, you know, JRE, whether if I should start Derek Favors. But it was just great to see um, Derek Favors come into, come into his starting role, like, like, like how we saw him when he was over, um, not at Utah, but in when he's he was over in New Orleans, in, yeah, New Orleans Utah, right. um, New Jersey. He's been all over, but he's been really solid. His yeah, whole he's career. a solid starting center in the league so far. So it was just great to see him be out there um, with the young core that the Thunder have already. So it was just great to see um, that starting lineup. I feel like um, that would be – this is a good starting lineup moving forward for this team. So I don't know. Let's just see how it plays out. We don't know how um, Dayton might want to switch things up moving forward and experiment, but we'll see. Um, but next question is, are NBA fans sleeping on the talent on this Thunder roster this season? Um, I understand that last night's game, everybody scored. Yeah. So are we sort of like, you know, maybe this team doesn't suck and maybe they're not. I understand that we're still in like the it's tanking. It's a rebuild. Yeah. A little rebuild, but we don't suck. Feel me? They aren't the scrubs on this roster. Are we sleeping on them? Yes and no. Like, this team is not great. I don't think that's like a really hot take. But there are some really talented and exciting young guys and a lot of up-and-coming guys. I think that around the league and a lot of fans only think about the Thunder as just this stockpile of draft picks and all the potential of it, but they don't really even acknowledge all the great guys they have on the roster right now. Like, you go down the list, you have, like, Josh Giddy looks really good. Like, he could be an all-star one day. Uh, Shea could be an all-star one day. Lou Dort could be a high-level starter. Baisley could be a high-level starter. Poku, the ceiling is as high as it gets. <laughs> JRE can be a solid guy. Like, there aren't just, like, superstar after superstar after superstar like you saw with the original Thunder rebuild with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. But this is still a really good start, and I think that they are underrated in some sense, but at the same time, they're not going to win a ton of games. Yeah, I feel like, just going off what you said, is it's definitely still in the works of, you know, of, of being in a rebuild stage for this franchise. Um and I would say that, you know, there are guys that I'm looking on this roster right now, like Tail Maladon, Trey Mann, Gabe, Gabriel Deck. These are guys that I feel like they're solid players that you can bring off the bench whenever, uh, let's say, Shea or Lou Dort need a breather or Josh Giddy, they need a breather. Um, these are guys that can step in and make up for what the starting lineup didn't make up. They could be a solid second unit for this Thunder roster moving forward. And possibly even add on to that. We're hoping that, you know, maybe we could get Chet Holmgren mm-hmm. next Paulo Paula Banchero, a know, lot of guys. Feel me? So we got, we got uh, people coming in. Yeah. So it's, no, this is a good roster. I mean, even, I don't know, can you tell me, has there ever been an NBA team in history who's had good health the entire year? I don't think it's happened. No. So you need to keep these guys engaged. You need to keep them in the rotation. So if Shea, God forbid, has another injury or Giddy tur- turns his ankles out for a couple weeks, you have guys who are ready to come in and play and are not like they haven't been prepared because they haven't gotten any run. Right. So, I don't know. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So we'll see how that plays out moving forward. 
But uh, like I said earlier, the Thunder play in Tulsa in the BOK Center uh, tonight at 7 against the Denver Nuggets again. Um, it's sort of weird. Obviously, we're not in the NBA, but it's like I just play this team. I have to, pl- I have to uh, play y'all again. So it's just like what can the Thunder do tomorrow to secure back-to-back uh, wins against the Nuggets? Um, I really liked the starting lineup with Favors in there. I mean, it was it just helped to have another adult on the floor. No offense to Isaiah Roby and JRE, <laughs> but like somebody who you know they've been in these big games, they know how to play. I really liked how much he just kind of helped on defense and just kind of filled in the holes of whatever the roster needed. Um, on top of that, I loved we texted about. It, I loved that Favors and Lou Dort looked like a father son, older brother, <laughs> younger brother. Pokemon evolution type duo. They had like even from the from the locks to the headband and the arm sleeve. You think they called each other the night before and playing that out. Right, and it's crazy because Derek Favors is fifteen, Lou yeah. Dort is five, so it's just like it looks like we just need a ten right, right? in the middle. <laughs> but for them to get two wins in a row, it really depends because I know Dagnalt said that a lot of these guys aren't even going to play tonight just because the regular season's about to come out. But for them to get another win. Keep the ball movement like you were talking about. Really good ball movement. I thought they shot really well from three. Shea went 0 for 5, but other than that, I think the team shot over 40%. And then um, just keeping up, like what I said with favors, just keeping up some of those rotational things because it really you could tell a difference between the Milwaukee game to this one of just how much he helps. And then on top of that, if you're trying to win this game, keep playing with rotations. Um, in the first couple of games, it was Shea was the first guy to come off the floor and rotate in with that second unit. But then last night, I like what Dagnall did where he had Giddy come off first so then Shea could play with the second unit. You know, what I said earlier was Giddy was playing with it. Right. So, yeah, so it was um, like with the old Thunder, you'd have James Harden come in five minutes in or whatever. So that's what they're allowing Shea to do is to be that second um, Second team facilitator, and they're just staggering giddy, whatever. But what about you? What do you? What do we need to get, uh, do for a win tonight? Hmm. How about just win? Just win. No, just win. <laughs> yeah, I, they didn't think about that, right? You know. But honestly, I feel like uh, playing playing the same team uh, the next day is definitely going to be hard because you know they might come back with with revenge and be like, okay, maybe we can switch things differently. But I definitely feel like. Being more aggressive defensively would definitely help out the Thunder uh, win this game and secure back-to-back wins against this Nuggets, Nuggets team. Um, and I, like I said before, a defense wins games, so it definitely is important to capitalize on capitalize on that moving forward and showcasing that, you know, Jokic is the reigning MVP. He's not just going to come into our home state and just walk all over us and just do whatever he wants to. And it's to the fact that this is a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. And they have a rising star in MPJ. So it's just like they have all these pieces. I, like, I understand Will Barton is coming back. You saw uh, flashes of him becoming him in his old, his old playing way. So it's just like maybe just capitalizing on the defensive end would be great to see this uh, for the Thunder moving forward. And just seeing how guys just play together. Uh, like I said um, last, last night, this is a team that, they looked comfortable out there. They looked like they, they've known each other for like five years or so. So it was just, it was great to see that. So I would definitely want to see that um, when they play tonight in the nine one eight. So 
let's just see how that plays out. For sure. I mean, you want to get this win. No offense to Thunder, you're probably not getting a lot of regular season wins, so let's let's pull this one out. Yeah, yeah we need all the wins we can get. So For sure. Let's, let's see. Not we, but them. We as in the Thunder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, switching over to the rest of the league. I understand that a certain someone from the Philadelphia... No, he's not from Philadelphia. He's from Australia. He came back to the team that, you know, where fans didn't want him back. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons returning to the Sixers? That was such a weird thing to happen. Right? Like, he showed up mid-game, and I saw the Woj tweet, and everyone was making fun of it. I I don't know who had the joke, but they said it sounded like Ben Simmons was an Uber driver, and they're like, Ben is at the front door. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, I can't. It's so weird that Ben Simmons has, like, held out this long like, even Rich Paul and Clutch have said that, like, oh, we didn't know, even know he was going to show up. He just did. Like, he just showed up at the game, at the arena, and he's like, I'd like to have my COVID test now. I, I don't know. This, the whole Vin Simmons saga is just so bewildering to me because I don't know where this goes. Like, right. who, who's trading for him? Like, I don't know who's trading for him because he's not, yeah, he's not really, like, rehabbing his image at all and he's not getting his game back if he is going to come back like is he even going to play for them if he's going to play for them is he even going to try so I mean I'm that's what I'm worried about for him because Philadelphia like we've talked about they need somebody to go with and beat he's playing at MVP level he doesn't have a ton of years of prime left especially with that injury history they need to maximize him now and find somebody to pair him with outside of Simmons but I don't really know who that is right now yeah it's just like with this whole with this whole storyline, it's just like somebody's abusing you in a relationship and like you're just like, I don't want to go back to that person. That person's hurting me. And you just go back. Like, huh? Like, we try. I don't get it. People, like, news stations in Philadelphia were like publicly trashing Ben Simmons. They was like, oh, there's a live look of Ben Simmons leaving Philadelphia and it's like a dumpster just rolling down roll. a hill. Like, that's just like, Wow, I don't understand. Maybe, like I like, like his manager tried to negotiate and they just wasn't having it. I don't. I don't well, know. I can tell you why he came back. It's because he was gonna lose his paychecks for every game. He was gonna lose like a few million dollars every time. Like he's already been fined a couple million just for missing training camp and things. But if you want to hurt somebody, you go after their pocket, and he's definitely not about that. But it's just like he publicly made it clear, oh, I'm not coming back to Philadelphia. I don't want to play for them. You doing all this rah-rah stuff for what? Like, and you still coming back. Well, he just has this weird thing where, like, it's with the Anthony Davis trade and some of these other ones, James Harden, you have one or two years left on your deal. You can say, you trade me where I want or I'll just leave. Like, I'll leave your team or I'll leave the team you trade me to. With Ben Simmons, you have no leverage, dude. You have four years left on your deal. We can send you wherever we want. You can go sit in Sacramento. It doesn't matter. Ni hao. Yeah, Shaq exactly. Said, you could be, <laughs> we, if we could, the CBA works, they could trade you over to Shanghai. It doesn't matter. But Ben Simmons thinks he has this leverage. He thinks he's a superstar player. I think he has that clutch in his ear where he thinks he's LeBron. You're not LeBron, buddy. Let, let's calm down. But I hope that they can just get this trade out of the way so we can stop talking about Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, get him on his own team, and see what happens. I don't think the trade's going to happen for a while, unfortunately, 
because for one, a lot of the contracts aren't even tradable until December 15th or November 15th. Uh, that's whenever people are tradable after they've signed their free agency contracts over the summer. Or maybe it's a deadline deal. Maybe Daryl Moore is just holding out on that pipe dream of getting Damian Lillard, but I don't see it working out at any point of Ben Simmons staying there and becoming another, uh, becoming a productive player again. And it's tough, though, to see because it's like, this, like you have other teams out there that are like rejecting off trade offers for Ben. Like you saw uh, the Spurs. I don't know if you saw that uh, last night. Well, like they offered, I think it was Dejounte Murray and another player for Ben Simmons, and the Spurs was just like, "Nah, I'm good." Mm-hmm. It's just like, dang, it's just tough to see. It's like he's well, trying to force his way out there, but they he just can't. It's such a tough situation because, like, we both know Ben Simmons is a really good player. He's yeah. a top 25 player in the league, even with these weaknesses he has. But he's on a max deal, which it makes him hard to trade for. And then he's a great guy to trade on to get onto your team when you already have the superstar to compliment him. But Philadelphia wants a superstar in return. So if I'm trading Damian Lillard and I'm getting Ben Simmons back, like, what does that leave me with? Like, I need to have both of them. And or like if you're the Warriors, like I want to have all these guys, but Ben Simmons is a really effective player and a really important player and a winning player is just not necessarily in this type of system. Like he's not Giannis. Let's not get it twisted. But I'd love to see him in a situation like that where he's running the floor, being a playmaking four or five small ball, being all over the court on defense. But Ben Simmons is just it's perplexing. It's just tough to see, man. I don't know. I feel bad for bro. Because the whole summer, he was just anti-Philadelphia, and now he's just, like, pulling up to the arena and saying, I'm ready for my COVID test. It's just like, I don't know. Get in the gym. Put some shots up. And Doc Rivers is saying he's expecting Ben to play. Uh, I don't know. I read a report earlier from ESPN that Philadelphia is still trying to work him back into the roster like they want this to work, which, how is this going to work? Fans aren't going to have Well, not just that. Like, can you – well – First, let's talk about the fans thing first. Can you imagine, like, what's going to happen whenever they announce him in the starting lineup on opening night? It's probably going to be the same level of booze that LeBron got when he first went back to Cleveland. It'll when be he's something playing in like Miami. that. They booed Santa like Claus that. in Philadelphia. They're yeah. not worried about it. They will. Except <laughs> boo Santa they Claus. They did. <laughs> but, um, like, Philly fans is rough, bro. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, like, Ben Simmons kind of tried to throw Embiid under the bus after Embiid kind of defended him. He's like, we want Ben back. We need Ben. And then Ben Simmons is like, I want to be traded. Embiid hasn't maximized me. I need to play somewhere else. And then Embiid's like, you haven't gotten better, and they built a roster around you. So, I, how does this work? It's like, dang, like, I really tried to make a case for you, you just going to try to throw me under the bus like that? That was kind of foul. Yeah. Dang. No, the guy who gets thrown under the bus and Ben Simmons is throwing other people under the bus. But hopefully, like I've been saying, we've been saying, just get this trade done. Let's stop yeah, talking about it. Let's Just get him somewhere else. It doesn't matter where. All right. Moving on to the next topic. Um, another guy that's been a trending topic in the NBA right now Kyrie Irving, uh, let's just assume for, for right now, let's just assume that he's never going to get vaccinated. But with the Nets not extending Kyrie's contract, I don't know if you saw that report that mm-hmm. they didn't extend his contract after this season, where is the best fit for him moving forward? Yeah, so he's, um, 
he will be expiring this year. Well, he'll have a player option, so he could functionally, if they trade him, just decline the option and um, just get going straight into free agency, sign wherever he wants. We just talked about him, but like it just makes so much sense. Can we just make the Kyrie for Ben Simmons swap? Like, please, really? please, can you we would do want that? that? If uh, which team? Like. No, it's for both teams. For both teams? I think it helps both teams. Like, obviously, Kyrie's a better player, but Philadelphia, you get a giant switchable five who it doesn't matter if he can't shoot. You have Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, James Harden out there around him. Like, who cares? Like, that's, like I was saying, that's the perfect situation for him to be in. And then Kyrie, I think he'd work really well with Doc Rivers. You get the, can you imagine a pick-and-roll or pick-and-pop combo of Embiid and Kyrie? That's, that's scary. Yeah, and then Kyrie's not defending anybody, but you have Embiid guarding the rim. You have Matisse Thybulle on the wing. Tobias Harris is still there. I Danny think this, Green. Danny Green. I think this really helps both teams. You even have Tyrese Maxey still off the bench. He's tough. I like yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, you could straight up just do a one-for-one. One. But what uh, about you? You have another destination in mind? Don't say the thunder. <laughs> Where Kyrie would end up, that's, man. Because it's difficult because, I mean, I even looked up, I think it would have to be a trade because the only, literally the only team with a max slot next year is the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're not going after Kyrie, and he's not coming here either. I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. I like the, um, the switch for Ben Simmons and Kyrie, but I'm going to have to say, that's, man. Let's let's talk about a team that doesn't get any love at all. I feel like Indiana. Indiana. Who are they giving up? They got a man. You got to. Are give they getting up. Karis Levert right back? Yeah. <laughs> hey, big head. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like that would be man. That's a tough call though, because it's like. Oh, I can give you another one. I like the Clippers. The Clippers would be good if they could give up some expiring deals. You give up like Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, no, Kevin Durant doesn't want to play with Reggie Jackson. Really? Really. How come? Reggie Jackson, for the Thunder historians like myself, played here in Oklahoma City, thought he was better than Russell Westbrook, thought he should have started in the Plagues of Egypt year where Kevin Durant had the Jones fracture and um, Russell Westbrook was still coming off that torn MCL from the Patrick Beverly series. Reggie Jackson came in and he was supposed to be the starter for a lot of these games whenever those guys weren't out there. And Reggie Jackson said, well, I'm not going to play tonight. It was in a media session out on the practice court, and he said, I'm not going to play tonight. I don't have this exactly right, but I'm not going to play tonight. I'm hurt. My ankle's hurt, whatever. And then he smiled and walked over and did a windmill dunk and then walked in the locker room and didn't play that night. And Kevin Durant will not play. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook don't agree on a lot of things, but they both do not like Reggie Jackson. I did not know that. That's interesting, huh? Yeah. So, who would you have to give up, though? you probably have if to give Clip, up. You could give up Luke Kennard and, like, Marcus Morris. Or, like, maybe throw in Brandon Boston. Yeah, give maybe. him a young guy. But um, if you give up Luke Kennard, you get a shooter, another shooter, which supplements some of Kyrie's stuff. And then if you get Marcus Morris, you get another small ball five. They have James Johnson kind of in that spot. They had Jeff Green last year. But if you can rotate between their bigs of LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Marcus Morris, and Paul Millsap. Like, that's solid. And you have Kevin Durant who can play the small ball five sometimes. And how would that work out for the Clippers, though? The Clippers, you get Kyrie, you get the lead ball handler. They have not had a real point guard since Chris Paul. I mean, Shea was there his rookie year, but he was playing more off ball. 
but they've had like Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly, not like the traditional bring the ball up the floor point guard who gets everybody involved. Even Rondo is that guy, but they didn't necessarily use he him was, that way. Yeah, he didn't, they didn't use Elias him that much yeah. in LA. No, Paul George and Kawhi are great players, but they need somebody to set them up. I'm not sure that Kyrie is that facilitator, but if he could be, that would be awesome for them. Hmm. You think Kyrie and, and Kawhi would want to play together? They're both weird guys. Let's, right. They're like, both they fun was, guys. It was interesting. Like, how Kyrie would do all the talking. How are those personalities match? Interesting. But that was a good one, though. Okay, switching over to the awards. Award season. I understand that last episode we went over the MVP, Most Improved, and Rookie of the Year candidates that we believe uh, should be nominated for the awards. So let's switch over to the other three. First off, Coach of the Year. You want me to start with one or three? Big Mike, go from three to one. Okay, three, Nate McMillan out of Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta really turned their season around last year after he was hired, after he replaced Lloyd Pierce. And I think he was a big driving force in fixing a lot of the issues within Atlanta's offensive system and Trey Young's game. Like, Trey Young has always been really talented. But you saw later in that year, especially in the playoffs, him look like Steve Nash, like a really traditional point guard, like I was talking about with the Clippers, of the guy who can control the whole game and do a bunch of things. But they're on track to have a really great record this year, especially with all the guys are returning. They just came off that Eastern Conference Finals berth. Like, they should be rolling. They should have all the confidence in the world. Second, Steve Nash. Steve Nash, like, you're, it'll get some hate because, you know, he has a super, super talented right. roster. But, like, he's made it work in a lot of ways in a lot of creative uh, different fashions of having this offense roll. Like, I really love the way they've implemented Harden of when he's out there with the other guys, he is basically, I'm Magic Johnson, John Stockton, I'm passing and facilitating to everybody. And then whenever you guys get off the floor, then I'm Houston Harden and I can take everybody isolation one-on-one. We do a bunch of spread pick and rolls, hit it out to knock down shooters, and... Obviously, the Nets are going to have a really good record. And who's your who's winning coach of the year? <laughs> Number one, I am riding this bandwagon all the way. I like Billy Donovan with the Bulls. I just think that they're in for a big leap this year. I think their ceiling as a team is the four or five seed, but I think their basement is like seven or eight or maybe the play-in. But they're going to have a really fun offense. They're going to uh, put up a bunch of points. It's just a question of how much can they defend Mm -hmm. and you know Patrick Williams is going to come back at some point maybe they have a trade to make maybe you maybe if you're Chicago you you know Derek Favors come in there (laughs) help you out he helped the Thunder last night did he not Miles that's that's, that's facts he'd be a great backup five for Vooch but I love um I talked about Lonzo last week I love how he's playing Zach Levine off the ball Caruso's looked really good um Kobe White I don't even think has played all that much DeRozan has become more of a facilitator and doing a lot of things, but I really like the Bulls. I think that they are this year's uh, Knicks in a lot of ways. But what about you? Who's your top three? My top three, at number three, I got I got Taylor Jenkins, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's like not I a bad said, pick. Like I said in past episodes, uh, I'm a big fan of this Memphis team. They got John Moran. John Moran, I'm on my Grizzly. Uh, that's, that's, every time I say John, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Just, just, just a heads up. Just a heads up. But they, like I said, they got Jaw, they got Triple J, they got Dylan Brooks, they got uh, a young, talented rookie in Zaire Williams. 
They got Steven Adams, shout out the uh, Big Kiwi. Well, mm-hmm. It's still love over here in OKC, my guy. Um, like I said, they got all these pieces, and they're a young, talented team with like a mix of these veteran players, and it's just it's just going to be exciting to watch. So I feel like uh, Taylor Jenkins is definitely going to util- utilize that to the best of his ability and showcase that you know uh, this is a team that a lot of people should not sleep on this upcoming season. So. Um, I feel like Taylor Jenkins should be put in this conversation at, and I, that's why I have him at number three. Uh, for number two is actually my, is actually your number one guy. I got Billy Donovan, Billy D. Shout out Billy mm. D. Man, I got him coming at uh, number two because you gotta understand something. In Chi-Town, they got they got some talent over there in Chi-Town for real. They got Lonzo, they got Debo, they got uh, Levine, they got. Boots. They got all these guys that can just jump out the gym. And we sleep. We haven't mentioned Kobe White. Kobe White is still a problem. Don't get it messed yeah, up. Yeah, he's going to be a great six like, man. So this is going to be great to see how that team comes together. You got Lonzo just dropping dimes whenever he wants to. Vooch, uh and Debo and Levine just doing whatever they want and just getting buckets at will. So it's just great to, it's just great to see how um, that team plays together and why um, Billy Donovan is going to get the recognition he deserves. It's like the front office was like, all right, we have, we gave you all these pieces. What are you going to do with it? So it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. And for my number one spot, man, y'all going to look at me funny. You man. better not say Eric Spolster. I'm going to say Eric Spolster. <laughs> I'm saying Eric Spolster, bro. Listen, man, like Kendrick Perkins said, we got some goons in Dade County. We got some dogs. I don't know if you read a report that Bam said that in the locker room, they call it the, the kennel mm-hmm. because they got dogs. Is that right? And we got dogs. You feel me? So we got Kyle Lowry. We got D-Rob. We got Jimmy. We got Bam. P.J. Tucker. That's just the starting lineup. We off the bench. We got Tyler Hero. We got Gabe Vincent. We got... KZ Paula, we got all these guys coming off the bench. I feel like this is Eric Spolstra's time to be recognized for his coaching ability. I understand that he's never won it, uh, never won the award, and I feel like he should be deserving of of this award this upcoming season. Um, and this is they got talent over there in the for sure. We got. We went undefeated in the preseason. Not we, but them. <laughs> I'm sorry. You but, already said 20 we's. It's all yes, right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> everywhere at this point. But uh, like I said, Eric Spolstra, this is a guy I have, I have much respect for him. This is a guy who did like the video editing when he first got into the Miami Heat organization. Now he's the, now he's the head coach and just having Pat Riley in his corner and showcasing that, you know, I can be – not as great as Pat Riley, but I can be He's a, great, a really good coach. I can be a solid coach for this franchise, and this is why I deserve to be awarded the Coach of the Year um, for this upcoming season. But I digress. Moving on. Well, let Let's, me say something about the Heat before we okay. change it up. Because I really like that pick. He was actually, Eric Spolster was uh, voted by the GMs in a recent poll as the best coach in the entire NBA. The only issue I guess I would have is I wonder with a team like this, who traditionally, like, you know for the Heat, outside of those LeBron years, they're not usually chasing the number one record in the East. 
Right. Like they're I usually, feel like if we get like a four the slow or grind. five, yeah. if we get like a four or five spot, as long as we get in the playoffs, we saw it. Yeah, no, they're not worried about playing on the road, but that's the only issue I would probably have if he's not going to win that, but I really like your list. I mean, we, of course, agree on Billy Donovan, and then Taylor Jenkins, another breakout team like the Bulls, who has a chance. They made the play-in two years in a row. They finally made the playoffs last year. Ja looked great, but we're in for a great season. A lot of great coaches. Yeah, so... All right, moving on. Are you, are you done? You I'm, good? I'm good. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving on, the, let's talk about who should be deserving of the Sixth Man of the Year Award. I understand Jay Clarkson won it last year. He had a breakout season with the uh, Utah Jazz, and it was just great to see him uh, hoop like that. I've never seen bro hoop like that. It's crazy. But um, who do you think should be deserving of for the Sixth Man Award? Let's start at number three, Big Mike. I like Kevin Herter here. Like, I mentioned Nate McMillan. Kayvon. Kayvon. I like Red him. Velvet. Yeah. Red Velvet. But he's, <laughs> um, he's a really good player. He's not just a shooter. He's somebody who can put it on the floor. He was the reason they won Game 7 against Philadelphia. He's going to be in a really good position. They have all these guards who space the floor and do a bunch of nice things for Atlanta. He's going to put up a bunch of points. I have him third. You mentioned him. Reigning six-man, Jordan Clarkson. Utah is built for the regular season. They're going to have all these great defenders out there and just allow Jordan Clarkson to have the green light and do whatever he wants. If he can be as efficient as last year, then there's no reason why he can't go back-to-back. For sure. And then number one, Patty Mills. Ooh. He might be starting, so this might be kind of out of the realm because if Kyrie's gone. But Patty Mills with the Nets is going to be solid. Did you look at my notes, bro? Did I? Is it the exact three? No, not that exact three, but it's something like that. It's probably. something like that? Yeah. Well, I'll let you say yeah, it in a second. But Patty Mills coming off Olympic Patty Mills looks like Steph Curry out in Australia. And he doesn't have to play like that, but can he be that guy who runs your second unit point guard duties next to Kevin Durant? Can he be somebody who spots up next to James Harden? And the answer is yes to all of those. He's going to be really, really good. He's going to put up numbers especially if Kyrie's not there. I think he has the best chance. He's my winner for six man at this point. Okay. Well, I let's like hear yours since we're similar. I'm, obviously, I'm not mad at that list because I put that. So, <laughs> But uh, at number three, I'm going to go with uh, Rajon Rondo. I feel like with this uh, talent, the talent that the Lakers have this upcoming season, it's just going to be great to see how they utilize Rondo coming off the bench uh, when they – when when uh, Rondo played on the Lakers in the bubble, he was just balling out. He was just like, you know, he looked like Rondo when he was on playing on the Celtics. Better. He was hitting shots. Like, right? Like, he had a – my man's had a burner in the bubble, bro. Mm-hmm. So, it was just like – it was just crazy to see. Um, and I'm excited to see how Rondo is going to be utilized um, being Russell Westbrook's backup. You know, maybe they might – maybe uh, maybe Rondo can bring some more talent um, – Coming off the bench with those guys um, like Austin Reeves. Shout out Hillbilly Kobe. You know Austin Reeves not getting any minutes. Yes, Let's he get past is, bro. That. My man's is nice. Oh, Come okay. on now. Show him some respect. Talk to my man's nice, bro. But, yeah, this is going to be great to see how um, he makes uh, guys like uh, Reeves, uh, guys like THT, and those guys coming off the bench for that second unit, how they're going to get better with Rondo an elite point guard moving forward. So that's why I have Rondo at number three. At number two, I got, I got Jay Clark. I got Jay Clarkson. And the reason why is because it's just great to see how, um, mind you, when he was playing in L.A., he wasn't 
the best. No, he, he was inconsistent. Right. A lot of turnovers, but it looks like he's figured a lot of that out. Right. It was just like, man, I is this the same Jordan Clarkson? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, is there something in the tattoos that made him better? Like, I don't know. Maybe my man's got he bought some VC or or something like that. He went crazy, but. I that's why I have Jordan Clarkson at number two. He with this Utah Jazz friend, uh, team that they have right now, it's just gonna be great to see how um, Jordan Clarkson continues to get better with this franchise. And just watching him hoop is fun. Honestly, I never knew that he had this much talent. How he was able to just create shots whenever he wanted to. Um, playing him playing off the ball uh, with Spider and just maybe even sometimes playing in clutch clutch minutes and being the guy that could get the game-winning shot off. So it was just great to see him coming to his own in, a U- in Utah. Um, so I'm excited for him. And that's why I got him at number two. And at number number one, Patty Mills. That's a great pick. Your top two are great. <laughs> I'm doing great right now, bro. Yeah. Appreciate that. But that's why I got Patty Mills at number, at number one is because obviously with the talent that's on this Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets team right now, um, Patty Mills being the elite guard that we saw in San Antonio. Um, how I, I understand he's not, he's getting up there in age. So it's just um, like, it's going to be great to see how he continues to be that facilitator and get shots off, get guys involved um, and get that second unit going. So I feel like with Patty Mills, it's just going to be great to see how he how he gets um, utilized in Brooklyn. Maybe um, Steve Nash might have other plans. Maybe he, they might have him playing off the ball. I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited to see how Patty, Mill, Patty Mills works out uh, for this Brooklyn Nets team. But um, you, have, you got anything to say? I mean, uh, Patty Mills will use him definitely in a variety of ways for sure. I mean, Steve Nash, like I said, he's really going to experiment and tinker with this roster. Like the Heat, um, they don't really care about where they're playing in the playoffs they don't care about matchups so I thought Steve Nash did a lot of stuff last year with that too where he's like let's just throw things at the wall let's throw Blake Griffin at the five in this random game because let's just see let's just see like I've talked about the thunder if like if the games don't really matter in the sense of your placement then let's just try to be creative and you might catch lightning in a bottle and something like that but all great picks for sure yeah all right last Last and final award that we got, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm a big fan of uh, the saying, defense wins games. So who are your top three guys that, are, that you think are going to be up for this award? Uh, let's hear it. Well, defense won a championship for this guy, Giannis, last year. He's my number three. I actually had the toughest time with any of our picks, specifically with Defensive Player of the Year, because there are just so many great candidates. But Giannis, he's probably the most versatile defender in the league. He can guard one through five on any team without really any problem. He's an alien. He's the Greek freak. He can do whatever. I mean, I still have flashbacks. I'm sure Phoenix fans have nightmares about that block that he got on the lob on Aiton in the finals. That was crazy. Like, can you name three people in the world that can do that? No. No. I can't. Somebody who can not only recognize what's happening and then flip your hips and then jump up with another seven-footer who's athletic and swat his shot is crazy. And then two, I got to mention him, not my favorite guy, but Rudy Gobert is one of the best players in the league in 
the regular season just because of his defense and how the Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, how the Utah Jazz funnel everything to him, which he's a dominant defender. Like you go in there, it's like, I dare you to shoot it over me. Like I will block these shots. He can get played off the floor in the playoffs, but this is a regular season award, Miles. He's going to be in a great position. He's already won this a couple of times. Speaking of another former winner, number one bounce back year for his team and for him, Draymond Green. Really? I think Draymond and the Warriors are going to come out gun bla- guns blazing trying to get like a top four, top three seed. And Draymond, if he comes back in shape, like do you remember when um, it was the year when Kevin Durant went down um, against the Clippers and it was Clay, Draymond, and Steph playing the Blazers in the conference finals and Draymond just ripped those guys. Yeah. Like he absolutely destroyed them running the floor, being a facilitator, playing great defense, switching on to guys, switching on to CJ McCollum, switching on to Damian Lillard. I think that's what you're going to see from Draymond Green. You're going to see him be hungry and him really come out and show that he's one of the best defenders of all time. Interesting. I never, I mean, obviously, Draymond is one of the best defensive presents in the league right now, but. I never really, I always, for some reason, I always just slept on him. No, I mean, he, some of it is just individual one-on-one defense, like Kawhi, you can make highlights about, but, like, some of the things Draymond does, like, just switching, or he's there on a help defense, or he's getting into a passing lane because he knows your play. He does all the small things that really help you win, that push you over the edge, that helps you win a championship, that helps you win 73 games. Like, as much as the Splash Brothers are really important to what they do, him being a small ball five is just as important to how the Warriors function. Let's see how that plays out. What but you got? My, my ad number three, this is a guy that he doesn't have that much experience in the league, but he's showing flashes that, you know, I deserve to be in this conversation. At number three, I got, I got Matisse Thybul. Okay. Matisse Thybul is just a, just a defensive presence. Um, for the Sixers organization. Great pickup for them. He could pick you up at 94 feet. He's going to be, he's like a rash that you just can't get rid of. You ever just had like a rash or just mm-hmm. some, something your, like a fly in don't your face? Don't remind me. Like, <laughs> don't remind No. <laughs> like, you just start scratching just thinking about, bro. It's just like, man, he's a problem. No, he's like a free safety out there. He's like Ed Reed where he's not necessarily the guy who's guarding the guy all the time. Like I mentioned with Draymond, but he's going to come in there and jump in those passing lanes, get a bunch of steals. If you look at his, like, he doesn't play 36 minutes, obviously, but if you look at his per 36 minutes, he's averaging, like, three steals and two blocks with, like, two fouls, which is insane. I mean, obviously, nobody can be the great Dennis Robin, but, you know. He's doing a great job. So far, he's on track. I I will say that. I I stand by that. He is on track to be... He's going to be one of the best defenders in yes. the league for a long time. Yes, yeah, so that's why I got him at number three, and that's why he should be in this conversation. At number two, I got Greek Freak. I got the Greek Freak. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've talked about how great the Greek Freak is on this show, um, him being the great offensively and also the defensive presence. The guy could just do it all. He's the anchor on both ends. So it's just like to see how athletic he is. Um, he can't just run and dunk um, and just, you know, he's going to have his way no matter what, and he's willing to showcase that I'm going to do whatever it takes to win basketball games, whether if it's getting the game-winning dunk or blow-buying you on a fast break and just 
going to the hole whenever I want to. He can also block shots and de- de- protect the rim at all costs. So that's why I got Giannis at number two. No, no one's going to be mad at you about Giannis. I mean, I just, we talked about the points on my side too. Just Giannis is an alien. Yeah. And, it's and just... Who's number one though? Um, drum roll, it better not be Bam. It better not be another Heat guy. As much as I cannot, I, as much as I, I'm not a big fan of this guy, I got to go with, I got to respect greatness when I see it. I got to go with Rudy Gobert. We've made it the same way. We're both like, we don't want to pick this. but <laughs> I, I, It's just like, I don't want to pick this, but it's just like, uh, I, I don't know anybody else. Bam is honorable mention, though. Uh, yeah. Bam is nice. Don't get it messed up. No, he's, Rudy is like vegetables where he's good for you, but you're not necessarily like picking that first. That's spot. That's a spot on comparison, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, uh, I don't want to, but I have to. I know that. I know this is the right choice, but should do I really want to do this? Right, and it's just like, I don't mean to be that guy, but it's just like, if bro wasn't seven feet. Let's say if he was like our height. Let's say if he was like six three. I'm six three. He's yeah. like six six, six foot. Six, let's say if he was six foot. Would he? Would he? Obviously, he wouldn't be in the def- in the defensive player of the year conversation. NBA. Would he be in the NBA? That's my question. No, but I mean that's a weird thing to say about the guy who you pick from defensive player of the year. But like he but has. I, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not mad at you about that. I mean he, for all those things. What you can say is for a guy his size, he moves his feet really well. He's really, really smart. He positions himself well on these defensive plays where he gets all these blocks. Would he be that guy at six foot? Absolutely not. But that doesn't change the fact that he is a really good player at his stature right now, especially with that wingspan that he has, which is... The wingspan is crazy. Bigger than, uh, longer than his height, which is crazy because he's a seven-footer. But, I mean, if you had to build a defender, a rim protector, and a lab, it would look like Rudy Gobert. So no hate to that, but I think we're both on the same page where it's like, just show it to us in the postseason. But then again, it is a regular season award, so can't be mad at us. We, we both picked it, so yeah, we're, arguing, we're both arguing against a guy who we both picked. And it's like, ah, man, I'm just not a fan, bro. I, I just can't do it. But this is going to be the end of this episode thank you so much for tuning in um big mike you got anything to say to the people make sure to like and subscribe i know we're only on spotify right now but i'm in the works to get it on apple in the next week or so you heard it here folks folks um i definitely killed that i said i said heard it here folks first folks just sound it out you heard it here, folks. There we go. That's, that's, the that's, one. that's what you say. That's yeah. the one. But thank y'all so much for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe. I'll see y'all next time.